It's the worst mass shooting in Maine's history. So the question we need to be asking, how many more unhinged people are out there with weapons? Sergeant Betsy Smith and Lieutenant Dave Smith talk about the epidemic of mental health and new numbers on terrorism at the southern border. And the headlines coming out of Georgia suggest that the Fulton County DA has the momentum to get Trump. Attorney Molly McCann explains that Sidney Powell hasn't flipped and the media headlines are very misleading. As Israel has changed its rules of combat, world opinion continues to morph. Is the United States misplaying or overplaying its hands in the Middle East? A powerful panel discussion with Dr. Michael Shora, Colonel Mike, Ilana Friedman, and IQ Al Razuli. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Aloud here. And we're going to start first with this mass shooting uh, that happened in Lewiston, Maine. Uh, it was a pretty serious one with 18 people dead and uh, more than a dozen injured. That number has been a moving target a bit here. Um, but uh, there are a lot of questions that that uh, we're talking about here today after they find the man, found the man dead. And I knew that's what would happen. I actually said that to my wife prior, said that he's going to be dead. I mean, that's what's going to happen here, because that's what cowards do at the end of the day. Not only do they do what he did, but then they take whatever they think is the way out. We're going to start off here with Sergeant Betsy Smith joins the broadcast here. She's the spokesperson for the National Police Association. Here's what I'm wondering. When you look at these mass shooting events, uh, how unusual is it uh, that the shooter didn't kill himself or get shot by law enforcement? I'm trying to remember back. Uh, and it seems to me they're very rare that that happens. Usually they either take themselves out or law enforcement does. Uh, is that is that correct? These large scale unprovoked mass shootings like we're talking about uh, that happened in Lewiston, Maine. It's about 50 50, whether the shooter gives up or is uh, taken out by law enforcement or kills himself. But, yeah. you know, you uh, had the same prediction we did that he would be found deceased. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's what I'm wondering. Now, do you, I wonder when you think about this, this kind of a, a guy here, do you think he had ideas of getting away with it? Do you think of the way, you know, the car, the, the car was there, they talked about the boats, all of that. Was that plausible at all or no? Well, I think perhaps he thought it was possible. You know, mm-hmm. this is a guy who owned several vehicles. He uh, owned a couple of boats, a couple of pieces of property. He uh, knew the woods well. And because he was a military reservist, he had some survival skills. Mm -hmm. So that might have been part of his original uh, machination is that uh, he was going to, uh, you know, kill a bunch of people, get a name for himself and then take off and live in the woods or, you know, somewhere, go somewhere else in the United States. There was talk of him going to Canada. Um, But again, 
This is a man so unhinged, and we knew that he was unhinged, that, uh, you know, it's hard to predict when you have that level of mental illness. Well, that's what I want to actually talk to you about. I want to spend our time in a, in a productive way talking about exactly the root cause of this thing. Now, let me read you this here. CBS News reports this exactly. Officials said Card had mental health issues and recently said he was hearing voices. At one point, he allegedly threatened to shoot up the base where he was stationed. A New York National Guard spokesman said that on July 16th, they received a report from leaders at the Camp Smith training site uh, that he was reportedly having erratically, behaving erratically at the New York facility. Out of concern, they said for his safety, for his safety, I just couldn't, uh, made me sick uh, reading that statement, for his safety. How about the safety of other human beings? Uh, The unit requested that the law enforcement be contacted. New York State Police responded and transported car to Keller Army Community Hospital at the United States Military Academy for medical evaluation. Spent a couple of weeks there. Uh, He obviously had a record already. Uh, they said he had a, in fact, one of his cousins said he had a lot going on in his head. They called him a schizophrenic. The relative did. So they knew who this cat was. They had a record of this already. Uh, what's the protocol for that sort of thing? Do you have any idea? I mean, how does this guy still stay in possession of arms like this, uh, Sergeant Betsy? Well, a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, this he spent 20 years in the military reserves, but uh, everybody needs to know he did not see combat. So whether he had post-traumatic stress or not, Mm -hmm. we don't really know. But one of the things that we have been talking about uh, in the last couple of days is that he is at a military installation doing firearms training. He starts to make threats that he's going to shoot up his unit, shoot up a base. You know, we haven't got the exact details on that yet. But what does the military do? They call 911, Malcolm. I I have a real problem with that Mm. um, because the state police now have to deal with that. I think that's wholly inappropriate. Um, The United States military has a huge medical system that includes mental health uh, services. So then so he's taken into custody. He's evaluated. He's hospitalized. But two weeks later, he's able to sign himself out and apparently go about his business. Obviously, he owned firearms and apparently the yellow flag laws in Maine were not activated in any way. There has been uh, there have been press reports uh, that the, the military did not report as they should have, you know, and we've had this a situation in other mass shootings where the military did not report to the proper authorities so that, you know, he would not ever be able to purchase hmm. another firearm. But here's here's my biggest problem. So he, you know, I live uh, maybe 20 miles from a, a large Air Force base. If I got in my truck right now, drove down there and threatened to shoot the place up, I, I'd be either in a mental institution or I'd be in jail. And so one of two things should have happened. He should have been involuntarily committed. Mm -hmm. He should not have been able to sign himself out of that treatment facility. Or when he did sign himself out, he should have immediately been arrested, put in jail to await trial for threatening people and a military base. In this country, Malcolm, we have got to go back to getting comfortable, to indeed embracing the involuntary committal of people 
who are mentally ill or appear to be mentally ill. They've got to be treated and they should not be able to check themselves out. And if they do, then they need to be charged with crimes. We have become overly tolerant of the rights of the mentally ill uh, and and to the detriment of the rights of the rest of us law-abiding citizens. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect summation. I uh, could not have said that any better here. Let me bring it into the conversation now. Lieutenant Dave Smith is here as well. And uh, Lieutenant Dave Smith is a recognized police trainer, uh, author, and uh, in law enforcement, of course. And uh, what I worry about and wonder here today is how many more Robert Cards are there out there with mental health concerns and i and it's in, it's important to point out what betsy just said as well and that is he didn't even serve in combat so it's hard to say this is a ptsd and, and that's important to say here people because a lot of people walking around today thinking that our military vets are some sort of a danger or what have you and i, I cannot subscribe to that thinking and so this guy just was a loose cannon evidently but how many more she just come through a litany list of things that need to happen how many more cats like there could there be out there and if we don't start following some sort of protocol, uh, this thing is really becomes commonplace. Man, is it ever. And, you know, here's the problem, Malcolm. We're talking about a national mental health crisis. Let's just think about this. We still don't know what the motive in Nashville was for that uh, transgender student to go in and shoot up uh, the school. We have all these issues. Uh, you know, I drive around my own town here in, in Tucson, Arizona, and see all the homeless people. And they're all talking to themselves, walking around, you know, schizophrenia, the the, the complete uh, abundance of mental I issues in our country. And we're not dealing with it. Instead, we excuse it. We pander to it. And in this case, where violence occurs, we hide it in, in the, 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 the school. I want to know in Nashville, what was that motive of that person? I want to know the motive of this guy up in Maine. My problem is, is that we find this. How many times we make excuses for the FBI dropping the ball on a check? How many times we find the military failing to cross, as we saw in, this, in the church shooting in Texas, mm -hmm. a guy who had been mentally ill in, the, in I believe, the Air Force, and, and they never followed up on it. The guns... The law says if you if you've been institutionalized, you can't be a possessor. And here, time and again, we find felons are buying guns. We find mentally ill people buying guns. What happens is we 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 hear all this talk about control, control, control. Yet the government itself fails to control across the board. We don't help the mentally ill. We have no idea. You ask a really hard question: How many people are out there? Not not just that, Malcolm. We got a wide open border, 1.7 million gotaways. These people, how many of them are mentally ill? How many of them are are intent on doing us harm without mental illness? Malcolm, this is a time of great danger in our country. If we just do the basic things and do the things we're supposed to do and call out the mental health, do the the laws properly that are already on the books, we'd be we'd be pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I believe that's exactly right. You know, we used to institutionalize people. You know, you just saw that 81-year-old security guard murdered uh, and again the problem is he couldn't have his firearm he couldn't have it to protect his community uh and again it's a homeless guy goes up and stabs him to death yeah. uh we're seeing more and more of these stabbing events we're seeing exactly. assaults 
Uh, and the problem is, is, is that as a society, we're not, there's no consequence. And the only thing yeah. sociologically we've yeah. ever proven to reduce criminality is punishment, Malcolm. And there's no punishment that's right. that's anymore. Right. That's right. Well, that's it. The crime, the, the whole crime uh, scene has gone wild because you got these corrupt DAs. You got uh, no laws being passed. You got escalating crime everywhere, not just in cities, but in towns and rural areas and what have you. You're right. It's it's uh, all out of control, and it's all tied in here to be sure. Uh, you mentioned the, the border. I want to spend a couple of minutes with you both on the border here. This is a grave, grave concern, and we, we cover this extensively here on the network. And I, I was anxious to get both of your opinions on this here. We've got here, um, okay, so just in the last couple of days, it's been up, updated again. U.S. border agents and the CBP now say o- over 170 foreign nationals on the FBI's terrorism watch list, the terror list, that's right. Uh, are now been uh, apprehended. They've caught them apprehended somewhere. We, but there's no information given back out where they're going, what's happening. It's all sort of hush hush. Uh, Senator Roger Marshall out of Kansas, Roger Marshall, yeah, introduced a bill that requires the Department of Homeland Security to keep Congress abreast of these lunatics and what's going on exactly. They shouldn't be there to begin with. Is the problem. And, you know, as I've talked to Tom Holman and, and talked to the Center for Immigration Studies, to be frank with you, Sergeant Betsy, this problem here, we don't even know how many sleeper cells are in this country right now. Back to terrorism and domestic terrorism and terrorism coming in from the border like this here. This is one of the biggest concerns that I think is going to it's, it's going to come to light here shortly, I would say, in the next year. While Biden is still in office, I'm very scared for our nation. What do you say to that? Well, absolutely. We've got to go back to a 9-12-01 mentality, but so many people in this country do not remember what it was like on 9-11-01, what it was like to be attacked by radical Islamists. We've got to go back to remembering what radical Islam is, what jihad really means, and we've got to go back to an understanding that, as Osama bin Laden famously said, you love life. We love death. They embrace death, Malcolm. They don't care whether they live or die. And with a wide open southern border, Dave and I are sitting 80 miles from that wide open southern border right now. We have no idea who's coming in. And yes, we are catching people on the terror watch list. How many people are we not catching on the terror watch list every week when dave and i go to the tucson international airport and fly out we see uh military aged young men from the middle east from north africa are all of them terrorists and criminals of course not but how many are and how many especially after october 7th and the war on the jewish people how many are going to be radicalized, whether it's one quote unquote lone wolf shooter, as uh, Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, talked about a couple of weeks ago, or how many are planning large scale attacks yeah, in this country yeah. so that they can, uh, you know, meet their 72 virgins and please Allah. Yeah, well, they, this is exactly uh, there, there are the sleeper cells is what we're speaking about here. And you just don't know when they rise. It's all targeted is what's happening here with events around the world. When you're speaking about jihadists, uh, Dave, this is more than just an attack against the Jewish people. This is an attack against humanity because everybody 
uh, is the enemy, uh, according to what just what uh, Sergeant Betsy just spoke about there with the Quran and what well, was Sharia compliant? That's the that's the words here, being Sharia compliant or not. But that is the fight that the Middle East, the Middle East is the power keg for the entire planet, actually. But back to the border. I mean, this is self, this is self pain, self induced. This is all that makes no sense at all. And if this was for a few votes, boy, we have really undermined ourselves. Dave, I'm going to say to you right here in the final thought to you, and you tell me what you think, but I pretty well can tell you with the amount of people that have come in, and I'm going to venture to guess it's way up there. I would not be surprised it's in the thousands because we have thousands of open borders. Most of these cats are coming in unchecked. Now, forget the ones that they even find. Most of these cats know how to evade and don't get found. So let's be real. I think it's just a matter of, I don't know, days, weeks, months, but we're going to have some... uh, we're going to have some moments in this country that's going to really create some pain, suffering and death. And it's going to bring people, there's going to be an outrage. I can hear it already. And I've been trying to ring the warning bell for some years now on this thing. And here we are, Dave. And you are dead right. This is terrifying to me as, you know, I was uh, thinking about on, on remember on nine 11, the horror we all felt. I wish I ever, every American, I wish I could can it and have every American understand. Look, that was only 19 guys. We've got tens of thousands. Like Malcolm's right. saying, we every day we may have another cell come across. Not just that. I'm worried about Harvard becoming a cell. These major <laughs> universities are becoming literally hotbeds of what would appear to be Islamist philosophy. And this is my problem. That is anti-civilization. It's anti-Western civilization. It's almost a medieval hatred. And it hates us. And it hates the especially the Jewish people. We better as a nation wake up right now. You know, Malcolm, you've been a clarion call on this. Absolutely. And I wish everyone, everyone understood what, what you and I know, the threat this is to our day-to-day civilization, not just America, Western civilization. Well, they're, they're anti-humanity is what we're talking about, Dave. They're yes. anti-humanity. I mean, these people, they, they live to die. Uh, we live to live. This group lived to die. It's what they was. That's why they have no trouble putting a bomb on their back and walking into stuff. And then their their day deal is done. And this is a danger that and yet our politicians will not admit what is obvious, what is true. They they deflect. They lie. Uh, they, they talk about things that are irrelevant. And it's really nobody. And really, right now, the head of that snake that's got these proxy terrorist groups, which we'll talk about later in the broadcast, which both of you know, uh, is Iran. And so... We'll take this up more uh, a little bit later in the broadcast as well. Uh, Listen, thank you both, Sergeant Betsy Smith, Lieutenant Dave Smith, for all you do. You both are just tremendous, always on the front lines, and it's a privilege to have you here on uh, Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you. Thank you for everything you do, Malcolm. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to take up next here this Georgia case in a very interesting way. Looking forward to this because there's a lot I don't know about this, but I'm suspect on it. And uh, you're going to meet uh, an attorney just now who knows the score on all of this uh, that you're all anxious to hear as well. Are they flipping uh, Sidney Powell and others? Or what is the real story behind that? Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a minute. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire.
Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And... All right, so up next here, what I'd like to talk about, there's an awful lot of confusion with this case out of Georgia. Let's uh, bring on here now, Molly McCann joins me. And Molly is an attorney practicing appellate law. Uh, she was of counsel with Sidney Powell on General Michael Flynn's defense, which was uh, historic in, in uh, nature. And uh, Molly, it is a, an absolute privilege to have you on Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you for joining us here. Well, thank you for having me, Malcolm. Okay, so we have 19 defendants. When I first seen this case, Molly, in Fulton County, I thought the DA has obviously lost her collective mind here. Uh, this was so aggressive, and everybody was, like, shocked at this. I'm thinking, what's going on? It appeared to me what the game plan was, and now we know what the game plan was. And as it's being stated here now, uh, is to get some of these people to turn. And that was seemed to be the narrative that they were trying for. In fact, uh, let's see here. Fulton County prosecutors have discussed potential plea deals with at least six additional co-defendants. That's on top of the four that had already uh, done deals, is what I understand. And three of those were attorneys, which people were talking about quite a bit. Now, one of the more... Uh, People that we follow here, Sidney Powell, who is absolutely beloved by uh, certainly Americans, uh, and uh, uh, she has been one of these historic cases. What? How do we start this conversation and tell people? Because she's being accused now of flipping on Donald Trump and so on and so forth, and many others are as well. Is that the case or not? Well, she certainly has not flipped. I think it's important for people to understand what we're looking at. There's a there's a RICO case. There's an overarching RICO case. That's the most important felony. It's one of the charges against President Donald Trump. And on that RICO case, when you, that that is conspiring unlawfully to overturn the presidential election. And then all of these co-defendants have been charged with various other felonies. And as they plead out, they're pleading to different things. So when I chat with people about Sydney, I always remind them Sydney did not plead to a single felony and she did not plead to any RICO charge. So she did not say, okay, yes, I will plead to having unlawfully attempted to overturn the 2020 election. That would be quite extraordinary. Now, now let, me, let me interject, uh, because you're on an important point here, Molly, and that is that right away when you see the headlines with what you just said, it's so important people to understand this, because the headlines all said, oh, my God, Sidney has pleaded guilty. Sidney Powell pleaded guilty, pleaded guilty. It was all over the place. You're saying, so what did she plead guilty to exactly? 
And that is an excellent, excellent question. She, Sydney pleaded to six misdemeanors, and they all have to do with activity in Coffee County, Georgia. In Coffee County, Georgia, election officials invited an outside um, contractor to come and examine the election machines. And I'm boiling this down to its simplest form. There are lots of uh, extra points that could be made, but at its simplest, Coffee County officials invited an outside contractor to examine the machine. They did so, and Sydney's organization, Defending the Republic, paid, cut a check for that after the fact. And Fannie Willis says that the election officials did not have the authority to invite someone from the outside to look at the machines. Therefore, they did not have the authority to give Sydney the authority to pay for this um for the contractors. Molly, and what were they so worried about? Let's let's stay on that point a moment. What the hell were they so worried about? Well, I mean, I, I think the basic premise that I assume most of us agree with is that there is widespread election fraud. I, I absolutely believe that there's election fraud. I think if you uh, look at sort of the charts and see how uh, voter registration goes up and down and it matches in all these counties and you see voter turnout can always be predicted, you can see that we've got we have fraud. But when it comes to Fannie Willis, what Fannie Willis is doing is she is attempting to strike fear into the heart of any person who would raise their hand and speak up and speak out against election fraud. That's Part my point. Whether you agree or don't agree, Molly, with election fraud, you have a right to contest it, no? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, you had a right to contest it until until this year, until this year when suddenly after the fact, uh, the the left used the power of the government to to put their political opponents into prison, or at least to put them in jeopardy of prison and destroy their lives through lawfare. And you're, you're going to be hard pressed in the future to find a good conservative attorney who's willing to take your case, because we we don't know if we will be in jeopardy for our freedom down the road when after the fact, if we lose, our opponents will put us in prison. Yeah, this is really the core of the problem, what you're speaking about, Molly. The system is lit right now, and, and it's lit against uh, people who have a certain viewpoint or, or a certain political viewpoint or who, well, I mean, let's call it what it is. The extremists and radicals today, Molly McCann, are people who love the Constitution, who are Christian conservative, uh, who are fighting for their country. Uh, those are the radical extremists. You know that. Oh, absolutely. That's what's happening, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty late in the day, which brings to the point of what you're talking about is that people are going to because they've they've kind of um, rigged the system, I guess. And you've kind of been seeing this for quite a while, Molly, within the Department of Justice. Uh, Lady Justice definitely ha it took the blindfold off some time ago here. We pray she puts it back on at some point. Um, but clearly it's off. So staying here to this Georgia case now with um with what uh, uh, the, the DA was trying to accomplish here. She's got multiple people uh, taking these deals. What is her, all right, in, in the case of Sydney and the case of some of the others, I assume it's sort of, the, the, a lot of these deals look exactly the same. Well, I mean, so, some of the, so Sydney's deal, and I like to stress this as well, is not like any of the other deals. Sydney, okay. Sydney pled to six misdemeanors and she has probation and has to pay uh, a fine, but she's done. Uh, everyone else thus far has pled to uh, felonies. And in well, they have pleaded to felonies, the others. Jenna pled to a felony. Shesbro pled to a felony. And of course, the underlying conduct is different as well. So Jenna pled to 
uh, one count, one felony count of providing false statements to Georgia legislators. Uh, Shesbro uh, pled to one count, and I think his was, um, you know what, right this moment. Jenna Jenna was, uh, I mean, she looked like heartbroken on the stand when you're seeing her about in tears, I think. uh, Mm -hmm. And she was charged with a felony. So what does that do to, uh, from a legal standpoint, I'm asking you now, you surely don't represent her or anything like that, but what what is the does she is I mean did she have a choice or was that the best deal for somebody like her like a general? I, sus- I suspect that's the best uh, the the best deal that she could get. Um, Sydney is a is a uniquely uh, strong individual, uh, so I suspect I'm not blaming Jenna or Shesbro for taking uh, felony pleas. I think that they just want to get out and be done with this. And you know, the, the reality is, as I'm sure you know, Malcolm, that criminal prosecution for the defendant is absolutely crushing. It's even more crushing when you're innocent and it shouldn't be happening to you. It's outrageously expensive. People are uh, really piling on Jenna for having raised $200,000 and then pled out. But $200,000 is a drop in the bucket. Honestly, when I when I looked at her defense fund and saw she had only raised $200,000, I thought, my goodness, the poor girl's goose is cooked. I mean, two hundred thousand is nothing. Sydney right. was going to spend millions to defend herself. So, so you're and- saying the system is stacked against these people to begin with, because if you don't have the dollars and resources, you can't fight it. Number one. So, in a case of like some of these people, like a Jenner and others, if they didn't take these deals, what is what what is your professional legal opinion on what the risk is of people like that? These others in going to. Uh, being charged criminally and going to prison was it high is that it must be very very high very very high the 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 jury pool in fulton county is 75 percent democrat and we already see in these january 6th cases that uh these people these poor people are being convicted and sentenced to outrageously long sentences uh for by by these politically biased juries I mean, so the jury of your peers is no longer a defense against uh, an out of control prosecutor. So um, now the other thing I wanted to go back and point out is Sydney's plea is different also in what the again, the underlying conduct is. So Jenna pled to to providing false statements to Georgia legislators. That's very different from what Sydney pled to. Sydney pled to something very narrow and it does not require her in any way to disavow her earlier statements on election integrity. And that might not be the case for Jenna. And and her tearful statement in court seemed to suggest that she was uh, disavowing some of her earlier positions. That's a big point. Yeah, that's a big point. Now, is Sydney, is she, uh, with her plea out, is she, is she, um, many are saying she's going to be a witness uh, for the, uh, for for the uh, prosecution? No? Well, certainly she um, provided proper statements and she might end up um, testifying. I'm, I'm actually not sure if she will end up testifying, but the key to remember is people keep saying, oh, she's going to come and testify against Trump. Well, no, her her underlying plea, again, is that narrow uh, activity in Coffee County. So if they were to call her and they they, have, they certainly could, right. if they were to call her, they have no idea what she will testify with respect to election integrity or Donald Trump. And as yeah. uh, Jonathan Turley, who's not a right winger. He's a, a well-known legal commentator, but he's he's kind of middle of the road slash uh, liberal. He he was pointing out the day of her plea that her testimony could actually cut against the prosecution. So this idea that that Sydney is absolutely is is bound to to quote spill the beans on Donald Trump and and give negative testimony is completely without basis. Yeah. 
I think what people should pull from this then, Molly, is people are, I mean, the system is stacked up against you. The judicial system is, uh, I mean, it's sad. It makes me entirely sad what's happened to it in our country. Uh, how do we ever get that back, Molly? Is this gone? Is our the blindfold deal? How do we ever get that back? Well, I, I really think that it has to do with the people. Uh, this entire country is is determined by how how good the people are. And the, the the justice system, more than maybe any other area, requires people of of character, of good moral character. And yeah. you need that for the juries and you need that for the judges. You also need people who are educated and can understand. I mean, some of these juries, I think they just convict because the federal government says this person's a criminal and the federal code is too complicated to understand. And so they're law and order types and they just say, well, the I must I trust the prosecutor must be guilty, guilty. Um, but, you know, the, I think the only way to turn this back is is to start educating people more, having more people speaking up when they see, you know, if there were a nationwide outcry about uh, the January 6th defendants and the injustice that's going on there, those judges would be a little more nervous. They they and, and the prosecutors would start to get nervous if there was just nationwide uproar over the injustice but no one cares no one cares that we have political prisoners in the united states and um of course i don't know what could stop the politic uh, the the disaster we're seeing with uh fanny willis because i think there was uproar and and that's just a matter of we've got to we have got to win elections again and uh and hold hold control because some of these people have ideologies that have destroyed whole nations and yeah. they will destroy ours if we don't stop them you know um it, it, do they pronounce her name fanny or fanny do you know i i pronounce it fanny when i heard you introduce maybe they pronounce it fanny i don't know i thought i heard others say because i produced her i started calling her fanny willis right out of the gate because i thought she was a big ass so that's why i said fanny but well, uh, I just you, pronounce it that way because that's how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to comment on that. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, when Sydney demanded a speedy trial, uh, that was sort of a, a brilliant move that has ultimately freed her because I don't think Fannie Willis wants to show her cards early before she goes to trial with Trump. I think she wanted. Mm. Uh, she did not want to have to show to Trump's lawyers her who her all her witnesses it witnesses are and how she was going to proceed with her case so um i i'm not sure it's going super well for her but certainly the way the media is spinning it is giving is providing her with uh positive headlines yeah a lot of oxygen in the room is what it's doing uh, very yeah. very surely uh and yeah no your point is uh very much there uh, well, uh, we will continue to follow, obviously. It's fascinating. I'm so glad everybody should get a lot out of what you've just shared with folks. I would love to encourage people to get both of Sydney's books. She's read License, she's written License to Lie about corruption in the DOJ, and she co authored in 2019 2020 a book called Conviction Machine Standing Up to Federal Prosecutorial Abuse. So, Sydney really knows all about this mm. long before she was entangled personally. And uh, more people need to understand because we tend to be law and order, Republicans are law and order. and and people should read these books to understand what's going on in our system better. Yeah. Those books are in the America Out Loud bookstore, my friends, as well as any bookstore for that matter. But if you go to the Navbar bookstore and you'll see Sydney's in there with the books as well. And uh, also, uh, if you want to help Sydney and uh, raise money and awareness, um, we'll have on the left sidebar at the top of AmericaOutloud.news a link into her organization to be able to help with funds and that sort of thing. Uh, defending the Republic, I think it is, uh, Molly. That's 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And we'll have the links right there at the top there. I just want to put that out there because she deserves that. I think everybody should have equal respect for what's transpired here now and know that uh, Sydney's an honorable person and uh, even with the headlines as to what they are. Molly, you're terrific. I can't thank you enough for shedding light and bringing the truth uh, to the uh, broadcast for folks. Thank you so much for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday. All right. Awesome. I've got an incredible panel discussion coming up now. Um, It's going to be a big one here on the Middle East wars. Uh, So let's buckle up there. And we'll join you just in a moment on Viewpoint this Sunday. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. Thank you for joining me, my fellow Americans. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here and always a privilege to be with you here. A big broadcast today and I want to dive now right into the Middle East war in a big way. And I'm looking forward to this next segment in a big way because of the expertise we'll have on this next panel. You'll learn a lot. There'll be four big voices coming up here in just a moment here. A lot of developments have happened. Let's pull this apart a little bit. You're seeing a little bit of the ground war start in Gaza. Not a full now ground war, but where they're going in. Uh, You see world opinion is changing quickly. You see what's happening on America's universities as well. A lot of people are concerned with all of this. But the bigger picture is the head of the snake as well, where the Ayatollah sits in Iran. What is that all about? We keep talking about these proxies. Uh, So let's have a conversation right now. And I want to start with this big point here. And that is something different about this time. Let me express it this way. Everybody can feel and sense there's something different this time around. We can just feel it. We know it. And it seems, as it's been pointed out many times, Israel is changing its rules of combat at this point. These uh, impact of what happened October 7th changed the entire war, changed the rules of combat. That's where I'd like to start right there. Ilana Friedman joins me. She's a veteran intelligence analyst and advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions. She's the author of many books on this subject, including Hamas Care and the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, and other books on Hamas uh, that are in the America Out Loud bookstore and at bookstores. So, Ilana, this point of the rules changing uh, for Israel, what does that mean exactly to you? Well, Malcolm, this war is not like any war that Israel has ever fought in the past. Uh, And they've fought some pretty bad ones. 
But the atrocities that Hamas perpetrated on October 7th became a mandate for Israel, not just to stop the rocket assaults and to stop Hamas, but to end the Hamas threat once and for all, to basically to destroy Hamas. Uh, Israel is determined and has been playing a very smart game. They've been warning. They keep warning. They have kept warning for the for for the three weeks following the uh, the atrocities of Hamas in, on October seventh. They kept warning about the big ground campaign that was coming. They called up uh, almost four hundred thousand reserve troops, and ne- but they never actually did the campaign. They just kept warning that it was coming soon. And they have been keeping the Hamas terrorists guessing while they pound Gaza from the air every night. So on Friday night, exactly three weeks after the morning attack on October 7th, Israel began a new phase of its campaign against Hamas. The IDF sent their tanks into Gaza in what looked like the beginning of the big campaign that they'd been promising, but it wasn't. The, IV, I, the, the IDF called this an expansion of their activities. And they, uh, Hamas still doesn't know what they're going to be doing next. Um, Israel dropped uh, leaflets and warned the residents again of mm-hmm. Gaza City that the area is now a battlefield. Yeah. And they told them to, to evacuate. But of course, many of them can't because Hamas won't allow them to leave. They block the roads and they even take away their car keys. Uh, They want them to stay as human hostages. And an example of this is that it was just disclosed on Friday that Hamas had situated their main headquarters under Shifa Hospital, which is the largest hospital in Gaza, and by international law, shouldn't be a target. It had several tunnels leading into the area. You know, there are tunnels that go very deep and at least one entrance from one of the wards. Yeah. Yeah. this is this is what I mean. You think about that, Alana. Who who in their right mind? Of course, these people are not in their right minds. Would put that right near a hospital? It's obvious what their game plan is, right? I mean, come on. Absolutely. Yes, and everybody needs to know that. Yeah. Human hostages. That's exactly it. All right, stay right there, Alana. I want to bring on now uh, Do- Dr. Michael Shora joins us here. Dr. Michael Shora is the former chief of the Osama bin Laden unit at the CIA's Counterterrorism Center uh, and was a counterterrorism analyst until 2004. He's written a lot of great books, uh, was an analyst for CBS News for many years, Marching Toward Hell, America and Islam After Iraq, uh, Imperial Hubris, Why the West is Losing the War on Terror, and Osama bin Laden. Just reading those titles tell you uh, a little bit. And those books are in the America Out Loud bookstore, by the way. Uh, so there. Uh, Dr. Michael, it's a privilege to have you here, sir. And I want to ask you this. The notices that Israel sends out because of world opinion, that which is a little strange to most people in the battle of war. They send letters out, notices, drop them from planes, that sort of thing. Hey, we're going to be coming in to bomb this area here. You may want to leave. Uh, very unorthodox as far as, again, the, the fight of war. Uh, here's the thing. Right now, they're still doing that today. Some would argue back. There was no notice on, on October 7th when Hamas... Uh, these uh, barbarians savagely destroyed and brutalized uh, the Israeli people. There were no notices there. You know, how long does Israel need to play by those rules, Dr. Mike, if uh, surely these terrorist groups don't play by any rules? You know, it's it's pretty, it's a little odd to think that Hamas would be stupid enough to build its military headquarters outside of a civilian uh, cover simply because the Israelis would wipe them out. I mean, 
that's just the way the game is played because the Israelis are are uh, bent on on wiping these people out. You know, and and you know, for me, it's a it's a matter of what the heck do we care whether Palestine or Israel survive? It's no skin off off of our nose. It is a, a, a an overcommitment from the United States, and now we've earned some animosity from Turkey and uh, Iran. Are we going to take the world on because Israel wants us to? I think that's since they own the Congress, that's probably pretty likely. I'm never surprised at what war does, and and not terribly upset by it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had three thousand people killed in nine eleven, and we fought twenty years and never beat the enemy. So, wars are wars. Uh, what what are you going to do about it? But certainly, we have no, we, there's no requirement for the United States to be at the beck and call of anybody in terms of their national defense. If they can't do it, then they crumble. Mm-hmm. And it's no skin off of our nose. All right, let, let me play back with you a moment on that, Dr. Mike, and ask you this now. What, so if we draw out that scenario and the United States stood down and did absolutely nothing, and they were totally on their own, um, number one, what would the outcome of that be? Are you suggesting they're strong enough to defend themselves? Or number two, that we really don't give a rat's ass what happens I'm, on all bets are off? I think number two is that 75 years is long enough of being daddy warbucks to the Israelis. Uh, it was too much after five years, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It's an unending canyon of, of, of terrible stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they can't settle it themselves... Right. You know, a, a, a nation has a, no right to exist. Our nation, Britain, Israel, nobody. Mm-hmm. Unless they have a cohesive society, unless they have an economic uh, capability, and unless they don't go around the world causing uh, trouble. There's no certainty of anyone, uh, any country on this earth surviving. Would, would you say, so can I ask you this, the, the premise you put out there in regards to the Middle East and Israel, can I assume you would put that same thing out there in Europe? And the same thing with Ukraine and or any part of Europe. Would it be the same statement? Same statement. I think, the, you know, the one of the greatest things that will come out of the Ukraine war is we've absolutely shattered NATO. We should have done it after the Soviet Union fell, and we didn't. And then we moved in closer to the Russians, and then we got Ukraine and other problems. So you're, th- you're thinking what's happening in Ukraine, Russia, will, will destroy NATO? Oh, I think it has. I, th- I, I hope it has. You, you think if they destroyed them, could they take the United Nations with them, hopefully, and do a two for one? I would do the United Nations first. They're closest. So are you? do you consider yourself more, just real quickly, brief, a, a, a libertarian? Is that why you make that point about it? No, instead I've, I've of been being a lifelong Republican, Malcolm. Uh, okay, I, all right. I'm just wondering. because uh, there are yeah. those, But you're not an interventionist. You prefer we stay out of everything. I prefer non-intervention, not isolation. That's never been a problem in America. Right. right. Uh, we only don't want to go to wars we don't need to fight. And, right, right. How many and, and you don't see none of that as a risk to the homeland here? None. Hmm, the risk to the homeland is what we've done. When I, I wrote a book in uh, early in the 2004, 5, 6 right. period, okay. I think you quoted it, uh, marching toward hell. And I said, the only thing you can do to stop this problem permanently and reliably is to close your border okay. and, to, and to change your, your, uh, yeah. um, your, your immigration laws. Right, right. Well, that's a whole nother conversation, isn't it? Yes, sir. I want to go right now to you, IQ, Al Razuli. You know, we're at everybody's beck and call. It's not where I expected to take this conversation, but the point is, well, well, it's out here on the burner. Let's talk about it. Um, You know, we, you know, at our own peril, sometimes we take these things on as we've done through world wars and other things. Is that our 
is that our existence on this earth iq in your opinion is that is that what god's gift to america is is to be the world savior constantly time and time again or do you, do you have a different viewpoint on that topic about america's involvement in these endless wars around the world with these savages and barbarians and dictators and ah evil people what do you say to that iq this war like all the other wars between israel and the terrorist muslims are asymmetrical wars asymmetrical they use human shields to accuse israel later on of war crimes as i said in my article day 19 you have to destroy iran's military power i'm talking about the ayatollahs i'm not talking about iranian people which is what i believe let me ask you something could could israel do that without america as i said in my article yes use tactical nuclear weapons well why don't they do it why don't they do it why can't they do it why don't they, they do all, it? they have they have missiles cruise missiles on their submarines right. they don't have to fly over muslim lands right. they don't have to fly over but why don't they execute on it they know they're coming for them they know iran is going to wipe them off the map the ayatollahs why don't they get them out first why don't they do it Look, this is an answer I can't give you. I okay. said in my article, if I were prime minister, that's what I would do. That's I right. wouldn't fight Hezbollah and uh, Hamas at the moment. I would destroy Iran, the Iranian military cap capability. Yeah. Hezbollah will die of starvation, right. money-wise. The same thing with Hamas. Yeah. But the minute you kill the head, you can attend to Hamas. And that's Hamas. exactly my point, Akil. We keep screwing around with these little proxy little turds and nothing gets done. I mean, if we don't go after the core of the problem, I mean, this is, you know, this, you know what this defines IQ? If you look up in the dictionary and you look up at the word insanity, there's a picture of Uncle Sam sitting right near the word insanity. You know that? Malcolm, you and I are exactly the same wavelength. You must kill the head of the snake, cut it off. 100%. You save 80 million Iranians. Yeah. You yeah. save the whole of the Middle East. The whole, Iraq will be liberated. Uh, I want to get over to Colonel Mike right now, and um, privileged to have Colonel Mike here as well. You know, this interesting juxtaposition of the conversation that uh, Dr. Mike threw out there about what what are we doing here, which I call insanity. Uh, why, you know, Israel could take them out, the Ayatollah. Everybody knows who the problem is. Frankly, uh, we could take them out as well, but yet we don't. We play this cat and mouse game with them that just extends. And you know what it does? It creates more death. We're not saving people, Colonel Mike. We're killing more people. Talk to that point. Well, you know, that's uh, that's in our DNA now. I mean, ever since the Gulf War, we became, you know, the uh, mercenary band, you know, when we have a marching band. This goes back to HW. It goes back to W. Uh, what's happened with our country, we we enjoyed CNN. We watched the bombings at night. Even the green screen bombings were fun. We had uh, uh, Wolf Blitzer became a celebrity. He was like a rock star. You know, and, and when it comes to other people dying, we have no problem with that because this, this is a bread and circus society now. You know, just think about this for a minute, Mel. Come back a little bit. Let's go back to 1776. We had to overthrow King George. And we did have some allies in a way of monetary, such as the French, because they hated them anyway, you know. And then we had some Indians and then we had some Iroquois and all that stuff. But we had to fight our ass off to make this the country it is. 
And then, you know, it's like, it's just like sloppy seconds. Everybody comes across the border now, you know, bitches and bitch slaps us and says, hey, listen, I want that 4000 a month. You have veterans sleeping in tents on Pennsylvania Avenue, where the White House is. You have veterans under bridges in Georgetown across the street from the Saudi Arabian embassy. We have homeless all over. We have lawlessness all over the country, you know, just pillage and all this stuff. And we're concerned about what goes on in Tehran. Let me say this. If these people want freedom, you got to rise up. Now, you could be a proxy in the sense of sending them a little bit of equipment. We tried that. Remember that game? It was called the Seven Year War. We used Saddam Hussein. We went to a seven year war. What happened? We wind up having a Gulf War. Mm-hmm. So we went for $4 trillion in dollars and then the treasure. Now, let's just take the analogy. We're ha- we have Ukraine right now fighting Russia. A proxy war. Let's face it, it's a proxy war. Right. <clears throat> Bottom line is, I don't think Russia is as big as they are. Or, what, or as they were. And I don't really know the truth. So I'm just saying that's my opinion, okay? Yeah. But let's just say, for instance, use that analogy, okay? So you give Israel the weapons and say, kick ass. But they already have what they need. They can kick ass. We're t- I'm tired. There's apathy now. Here's what's happened. They train these kids in Marxist schools to hate America, to hate what our country believes in. And now it's biting them in the ass because the Palestinians are saying, hey, kids, it's time for Uncle Rudy. Let's march in the streets. Yeah. See, this shit's going to come home and bite us so bad. Yeah. And Michael spoke about it for years on the radio. Ilana, this, uh, these attacks in Syria, uh, which was supposedly sending the Ayatollahs a message, many would argue it sent them nothing. It got everybody's attention. The media was dripping and drooling over it. Either we do something or we don't do something. But this game that we're playing back and forth doesn't seem to help anything out you know, what we're identifying, Alana, on this broadcast right now is the core problem, which is the Ayatollahs right now in Iran. And that's what really matters. What do you think about these pinpricks in Syria? And yeah, I don't see the Biden administration doing anything more. I mean, Iran is walking all over us. Yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Iran is walking all over us and and uh, they're enjoying it. They're they're using their proxies to do their dirty work for them. And they have no uh compunction about who gets killed on a, on either side. They have been send, setting up a, a guided missile in Lebanese caves, as far as I know, for at least 13 years. I knew about it 13 years ago, and, and uh, they already had quite a number of them installed. Uh, these all, all point to Israel, and, 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 and Iran is absolutely okay with letting um, letting whoever dies in this war with Israel and Lebanon and Syria. They're okay with that. They You're speaking care. about their proxies or people, whatever pro- it is. They don't care. Yeah. Do you, a quick question. Do you see this uh, this excursion into the Gaza ground war uh, that has been promised and predicted, Ilana? Do, do you honestly see that or not as the mechanism that unleashes Hezbollah to the north? Uh, it's possible. It depends on what Iran wants. Uh, the Hezbollah is is fully at the beck and call of Iran, and and so whatever they, you know, it's hard for me to creep inside their twisted minds. But whatever they um, they decide is the next path. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what they'll do. And yeah. and Israel is ready for it. I just want to mention one thing because you've been talking about Please. a possible nuclear strike. Israel has the capability, but remember, Israel is the size of New Jersey. Any any nuclear strike that it goes, you know, that is is launched anywhere near them is going to affect them as well. 
And and so because fallout doesn't, you know, depends on the winds and it depends on the a lot of other things. But uh, a good point. And I've thought about that actually quite a bit. Uh, if they hit Tehran and went after the Ayatollahs, uh, what kind of impact? How far out does it go? You know, kind of thing, Alana. Yeah. Exactly. And so so this is something that yeah. they have to take very, very seriously. They have yeah. the capability, yeah. but they have to consider the consequences as well. Yeah. Let me come back now to uh, Dr. Mike Scheuer, please. And uh, uh, OK, so, Dr. Mike, we're looking at um, reports now, Reuters reports and a whole bunch of others. The release of hostages need a ceasefire. Uh, I want to come right to that point again in Israel. So they're talking about, uh, you know, world opinion again. We need a ceasefire, which is exactly why they took all these people after killing the majority of everybody. But they took a, a, a few, a couple of hundred uh, to be able to use for this purpose at all. And we're acting like it matters. People act like these people, I mean, aren't these people, I mean, this doesn't come across well, Doc, but aren't these people just as good? I mean, some of them have gotten trade up, but they're probably close to dead now if they're even still alive. Uh, what sort of leeway do we, should Israel be doing in regards to these hostages, in your opinion? In my opinion, I don't care. If you, if you look at what's happened to this country since 1917, We've been forced in or, or maneuvered into a war by the British twice, uh, both times probably with the traitors' uh, assistance of the current administration in this country. Then we put ourselves at the beck and call of the UN, the beck and call of the Israelis, the Saudis, uh, and, and what has happened in the United States? Uh, an ever deep, an ever expanding decrease in civil liberties, free speech. Dictatorships, if you will. There's no one in this government or in in most of our governments since the war that give a damn about the American people. Yeah. The time has come to change uh, change directions and fix it, which is a battle. Unlike well, let me let me take this one step further with you right now. I, yeah. I would I would uh, uh, push back a little bit on this. A couple of points here, uh, Dr. Mike, and that is this. First of all, this it really does become America's fight with the idea that there are sleeper cells in our country. There are people from all over there that are here now. We talked about that actually up front of the broadcast here today, in fact, with with folks. Whose um, fault is that, Malcolm? Well, we, we know whose fault it is, but this is the fault. Well, you know whose fault it is? Let me tell you whose fault it is. It's the fault of the American people for putting Joe Biden and his cabal and his cheap group of bandits into the White House. How do you like those apples? Well, I think that's exactly right. And I think we're looking at at uh, the Israelis. Their best friends are the Democrats. And the Democrats are the ones who have used donations from very rich Jewish that's Americans right. That's right. to poison the atmosphere in America's best universities toward the Israelis. Yeah, so no, what I the hell it. is going on? These bandits, these terrorists that we're talking about, Dr. Mike, I mean, let's face it. This is not a fight about the Jewish people. This is a fight about humanity. And you know that as a as a man who studies and understands jihadis and what they're all about. Uh, if we don't, I mean, if the head of the snake is Iran, wouldn't it not be worth our while to take Iran out of this thing? Or do, do you just think it really doesn't matter? It really doesn't matter uh, whether Iran lives or dies. What matters to me and what should matter to Americans is where is whether America lives. And right now, Michigan is owned by Hezbollah because we let them come in there. Parts of Los Angeles, parts mm -hmm. of New York. Yeah, yeah. And 
Whose fault is that? Yeah, yeah. It's the well, bastards in the Congress who are in the yeah. pay of the Israelis, of all things. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing this. What you're speaking about right now, you're exactly right on. There are parts of our nation that are turning over very aggressively. Uh, they're here. It's here already. The, the, which is why I would dispute you back with the, the war is here already. Uh, and it, it has to be fought. And so I, I do think it matters. I have no qualms about fighting it here, sir. Okay. I, okay. I do not want to fight it and make the problem here worse overseas. Yeah. And with no gain. A tremendous thank you here uh, to the to the d- distinguished panel. Yeah, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.